Spotlighting Hawaii's leaders. We want to bring in Governor David E. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Lieutenant Governor, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Mayor Derek Kawakami. Thank you so much, uh, Senator, for being here. Spotlighting the issues. Where is the virus right now in our community? How much is this overall going to cost the state? How are you responding to the community? Well, well Alohan, happy, good morning. Go ahead, happy, Ryan. <laughs> happy Aloha Friday. Uh, a little glitch here to start us off on this Aloha Friday, but we want to thank you all for tuning in here uh, on this Aloha Friday. I'm Ryan Kalesuji, of course, joined by Yanji Denise. And today on Spotlight Hawaii, we're going to be highlighting a very important topic, one that uh, has continued to make headlines, of course, throughout the years, but even more important now more than ever. That's right. We're talking about access to abortion in light of the Supreme Court's reversal of Roe versus Wade and the Dobbs decision. Here to tackle that issue with us is Dr. Rennie Soon, who's an OBGYN and also a teacher at JABSM, along with Kara Jabola Carolus, Executive Director of the Hawaii State Commission on the Status of Women. Uh, thank you both for being here this morning. Hello. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Dr. Soon, I want to start with you. Just let's get to the basics. When we talk about abortion care, what services are we talking about and how common uh, are these procedures? Well, you know, when someone uh, comes into the office requesting an abortion, um, they have been maybe referred by another provider. They saw, uh, you know, a number on on um, the, the Internet or, you know, found our number somehow. Um, sometimes they've had some counseling before, sometimes they've had an, uh, an ultrasound. But when they come in, what I do is I first talk with them about it. I don't ask them why they're seeking that. You know, there's no reason um, or justification that they need to give me. But, you know, I do make sure that they're certain that this is their decision. And the majority of people definitely are certain um, that there's no question in their mind. But others, you know, maybe they're not so certain. And I talk with them about that, explore a little bit about their life and their values I don't ever presume that I know what's going on, but you know, sometimes people need a little time sometimes to make that um, decision thinking through their own situation. And, and I'm here to give them the information that they need to make an informed decision that is best for them and their families. And the only way, you know, only they know what that best decision is. And if that's to end the pregnancy or to continue the pregnancy, I can help with any of those decisions. You know, I do prenatal care, I catch babies. I do abortions, I refer patients to adoption centers. So whatever they decide, we talk about what will come next, um, what they can expect, how they will heal, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, or whether that's just physically, because not everyone is conflicted or feels distressed, but that's also something we talk about. So, you know, everyone is different and everyone has different circumstances, different needs, different values. Um, these decisions are sometimes complicated and sometimes they're not. But what will never, ever be of any help is for these decisions to be made by some politician or someone completely outside of the situation, because that's not care at all. So abortion care is taking care of the patient in front of me, providing them with the resources that they need to make the best decision that they can for themselves and their family. It's it's healthcare. And Dr. Soon, just a quick follow up on that, you know, with with everything that you discussed and just shared, have you seen anything change over time in the patients that you've seen? Since the Supreme Court decision, has there been more questions about this access? I mean, I mean, has anything changed in your world since this has all happened? Yeah, you know, I am seeing, thank you for that question. I am seeing um, patients that are, uh, tend to be a little bit more anxious um, and, you know, our patients are a little bit more scared. Um, they're concerned about um, access and um, some of them 
some of them even think that um, abortion is illegal here. Um, some of them have talked to me about that. Oh, I, I thought this was illegal. And, you know, if you can kind of think about how much it takes for someone to call up someplace thinking that they're doing something illegal, that they're doing something wrong, the amount of distress that that must create. Um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely what I've seen. I've seen confusion um, about what's going on and, and you know, anxiety. Cara, I know that you're part of a group that recently put together a resource uh, to help clear up some of that confusion. Can you tell us about what the abortion guide is uh, and, and who came together to put that together? Sure. And we're lucky to have Dr. Soon as part of that team. So the Hawaii Abortion Collective is a new uh, coalition. It's an all islands, broad coalition of religious leaders, um, healthcare providers, doctor, you know, doctors, nurses, legal services providers, and women's rights advocates. These are like seemingly dissonant groups, but we've come together and we've joined together to advance policy and non-legislative solutions to really deliver the promise of the law that we have and also strengthen our rights. Um, the first project that you did it's the official guide to abortion in Hawaii is a master document basically of everything you need to know about the rights to abortion here and also the resources available across the state. Um, you know, it, it's not new though. It's a, it's a new formation, but for example, you know, Dr. Soon has been fighting this fight for a very long time. Even before SCOTUS overturned Roe versus Wade, there were serious access problems and there's continue to be serious access problems to abortion in Hawaii. Um, you know, the abortion war on the continent has escalated to a point that um, abortion has become a valuable tool for both political parties to kind of work their bases into a frenzy. And the consequence of abortion becoming so politicized is that a lot of information out there about abortion is not truly pure. You know, um, some of it might be obscured intentionally for strategic purposes or dramatized, right? To make abortion um, seem scary or intimidating or wrong morally. And so we needed to create a centralized source of trustworthy, medically accurate, non-judgmental information for everyone in Hawaii to access. And that's what we did with this guide. And can you tell us about, Car? just once again, just how, how this you know, guide has been received, uh, the success that you've had thus far, and what you're hearing from those in the community who have been able to utilize it and disseminate it? Yeah, we, I haven't gotten any negative um, feedback. People, I think, are really relieved that there's finally something that they can go to ask kind of those dumb questions that we assume you would know. Um, but most people don't because abortion is shrouded in secrecy. So the, the reception has been overwhelmingly positive. We saw, you know, a lot of local celebrities here sharing it on social media. Um, many organizations, service providers across the state sharing it. Legislators, um, you know, we have uh, some really big champions at the legislature, Representative Della Albalati, Representative Ichiyama, and Representative Capella, who joined us at the press conference to share uh, the news too. So um, we even had one woman on uh, on Maui contacted contacted me and said that she had printed it out and bound it and was sharing it, or you know, just in her community because she was so excited that there was something like this out there. 
Yeah, and speaking of the neighbor islands, Christine Donnelly, who writes the Kokua column, has an, uh, a question that I'd like you both to tackle. Uh, Dr. Soon, we'll start with you. There's been quite a lot of reporting lately about medication abortion, but I've received questions from readers about in-clinic procedures. Is in-clinic abortion available on all islands in Hawaii? Dr. Soon, uh, tell us about the access issues that we face here in the state. Yeah, so there's definitely access issues, um, and there have been um, even you know before this decision that have been ongoing that um, various groups um, have been trying to address um, medication abortion and the the ability to do telehealth um, and provide medication abortion that way has really transformed abortion provision the 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 way that we're able to. Um, you know, provide abortion care on all islands. But like you pointed out, um, and the, the person asking the question is ask, you know, asking about medication abortion isn't for everyone. And some people don't want medication, they want or they, they need a procedure. Um, so that's a little bit more uh, restricted, um, not restricted, but a little less available, I should say. Um, so um, there is access to procedural abortion right now that I know of. Um, on the Big Island, on uh, the Hilo side. And again, that's a clinic that's listed in our abortion guide. Um, on Maui, Planned Parenthood has two clinics in Hawaii. One is in Kahului and then one is in Honolulu. The Women's Option Center, we are in Honolulu. Um, and um, and for now, I, I, I think that's it as far as procedural abortion access on the islands. Um, but we're that is something that is that is um, not as available as medication abortion. Yeah, and Cara, if you could expand on that, I know that you've done a lot of work in putting this guide together about resources that are available. What are your concerns for women uh, and people seeking abortions who might not have a, you know that kind of resource in their community? Yeah, so you know, like Dr. Sin was saying, um, procedural abortion is necessary and needs to be available everywhere, even though over ninety percent of abortions in the United States are done very, you know, uh, are, are medication, or I'm sorry, in first trimester, and the majority are medication. Um, and so this, the problem with access, especially on the neighbor islands, is a shortage of providers and a lack of training on those islands for providers. Um, another thing is affordability, right? It compounds when you are geographically isolated and may need to travel somewhere else. And so that becomes complicated if you don't know how to navigate the resources available to you or insurance coverage, which is something that our guide finally provides kind of like a roadmap on how to um, get there for those people who face extra barriers to accessing procedural abortion. Um, uh, also, you know, there are hospitals and certain institutions and employers that either can't or will not support providers in providing abortion care. That's another issue um, that we see on neighbor islands too. And then, um, you know, again, just a, the lack of knowledge because this information is not given to, you know, girls and women in schools. Um, it's not taught anywhere. So we can't just assume it will trickle down and folks will know how to navigate those challenges to access. Carl, I want to ask you and just, you know, follow up on something that you had said earlier that, you know, this has become a very political issue and we're seeing already the impacts of it on the mainland with some elections being impacted by just this one issue. You know, for the election that's coming up here in Hawaii in a few months, do you feel that this will be an issue that could impact the races that are happening? And if people are out there and want to know where their own lawmakers stand on this, is there some sort of 
guide that maybe the organization has put together that can help people understand where lawmakers and candidates stand on this issue? Yeah, so I think that the stigma is real and it's reached Hawaii for sure. We we, we know this, but um, we have a different value system than the United States continent. And for here, you know, it's still really an issue that resoundingly is supported by um, the majority of voters here, as well as the majority of elected officials. And so I don't see it coming up as something that's going to make a politician lose an election um, in the general. I think that, in fact, it's the opposite. You need to, you need to be very clear that you support um, women's happiness and health and safety in order to be elected in Hawaii. I think that that's very real. And we've done a pledge that corroborates this. So we had, um, we sent a pledge out to our elected officials asking who would come out as a champion um, to support our women and birthing people. And 80% of state senators signed the pledge. It's a public pledge. And over 55, I think it was 55% of the state house. Now that was pre-primary, so it's not going to be as accurate um, today, but uh, we're going to plan to release this information so folks know, you know, who they can trust as our true champions uh, on the Hawaii Abortion Collective website. Dr. Soon, I wanted to get your thoughts um, just to clarify to people that, you know, when we talk about this issue, we tend to think that uh, abortion is limited to those folks who, um, you know, have an unwanted pregnancy and want to terminate that pregnancy. But can you tell us a little bit more about the other instances where this can, you know, where this is medically necessary? And when we talk about abortion, what we're really talking about? And also just how common this is. My understanding is that it's one in four women in their lifetime. Can, can you talk about that? Yeah, it's one in four. The statistics are one in four pregnancy capable people in this country will um, choose to have an abortion in their lifetime. Um, so one in four, you know, whether you you think you you don't know someone who had an abortion or you think you don't already love someone who's had an abortion, uh, you're wrong. Um, they just haven't told you about that. So it's incredibly common. Um, but yeah, I mean, when we're talking about abortion uh, overall, we're not just talking about instances where people have pregnancies that were not planned. We're talking about instances where people have, may have very, very desired pregnancies. I mean, they may have gone through IVF, you know, in order to become pregnant and something happened during that pregnancy. Um, there was fetal anomaly that was identified. Uh, the, the, the pregnant person, develop the severe um, illness. Um, I have had patients who had, you know, developed severe preeclampsia, went into almost liver failure because of the se severe preeclampsia and would need to be, um, their pregnancy was basically killing them. Um, so they needed to have a termination to, to essentially save their life. I've had patients who um, had very um, desired pregnancies, but were diagnosed with cancer, breast cancer, leukemia. Um, and in order to treat that cancer, um, they would either have to terminate the pregnancy or um, wait, you know, delay treatment of that cancer until the pregnancy was over and someone with other children, um, they want to be there for their other kids. Um, may choose to, to terminate that pregnancy. I had a patient who had a very heartbreaking situation where her child um, 
was diagnosed with a terminal illness and she wanted to be there for the last few months of her child's uh, life instead of um, worrying about a pregnancy and all that was, you know, associated with that. So um, we're not just, I mean, you know, I can't stress enough that every pregnancy is different. Everyone is, a, is an individual. These circumstances are incredibly nuanced sometimes. And and they can't just be put in a box. These are not black and white, you know, black or white situations. Um, it's very gray and um, they're very personal decisions and they need to be that way because, you know, who are we to say what, you know, someone else's life should be like, how someone else should be leading their life. You know, Dr. Sun, we're hearing more and more on the mainland as well of individuals who travel across state lines in order to get some of these procedures done where they live in a state that does not give them now the access to some of the things uh, that you've already discussed here this morning. Have you heard of anything happening here locally uh, with people flying into the state for that? And uh, your concerns overall about how that may impact our healthcare here and the impact that it will have overall if you know people are flying into our state uh, for these types of procedures? Yeah, you know, my colleagues on the continent um, are dealing with um, incredible, incredible, um, just an inundation uh, of patients in from states that have now banned abortion or made abortion extremely uh, restricted. Um, you know, Texas actually had an essential ban on abortion since a year ago, September 2021, when they passed um, what's called SB8. And um, uh, since that time period, we have seen a couple of patients in Hawaii um, from Texas. I mean, uh, I myself have seen a couple of patients. I heard that Planned Parenthood had seen a few also. Um, so these were patients generally that had some connection to Hawaii. They were they had family here. Um, you know, they were uh, in the military. Um, and so it... Uh, it's not a lot um, that are coming to Hawaii. We have, you know, a huge span of ocean, um, and it's it's incredibly, you know, cost prohibitive to come here for a lot of people. But you know, my colleagues on the continent are just literally. I mean, those those in in Colorado, New Mexico, they are getting inundated by patients who are driving hundreds of miles to get there. Um, my concerns. Um, I mean, you know. People are always bringing this up, whether other states can prosecute or sue providers in Hawaii for providing health care in Hawaii. Um, and that's not really something I can speak to. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know what would happen if, you know, a student was here from Texas and seeking an abortion and and her family back in Texas found out about it. Um, GOP lawmakers in other states certainly vocally threatened that they will reach across state lines and sue providers. The governors of several states have issued emergency orders stating that their state agencies will not cooperate with such efforts from another state. It, there's just a lot of confusion around it. And really, honestly, the relatively small group of us who provide abortions are going to continue to provide abortions no matter what. We're, we're out there already. We're committed. I mean, you have to be passionate about this to put yourself on the line, to put yourself out in public the way that we do. So there's no lawsuit that's going to stop us. And that's certainly not something I am personally worried about for myself. But the radiologist on Maui who is getting, you know, who's doing an ultrasound on the patient from the student from Texas who then gets an abortion here or the urgent care provider, 
you know, on Kauai, for example, who refers the tourists from Alabama to get an abortion here? What would they do if they got sued? Could it be something that makes them go, ah, you know what, this isn't really worth it. I'm not referring any patients for abortions anymore. I don't, I don't know. What about the nurses in the OR or the medical assistants working in the clinic? The laws in these states, like Texas, say anyone who aids and abets one of their citizens in getting an abortion could be sued. So one provider, one healthcare worker getting sued for referring someone to an abortion provider could certainly put a chill on any healthcare personnel helping out, especially as word spreads. And then you've definitely got even worse of an access problem than before. Cara, what are your concerns about a chilling effect like the one Dr. Soon is talking about? And do you think that there are some legislative changes that could be made in next session to strengthen protections for providers in Hawaii? Yeah, well, I mean, absolutely the floor, we have to protect what we have so far. But, you know, just zooming out for a second, right? Like there's this right wing caricature of the person who um, gets an abortion, like someone irresponsible and selfish, like a party animal. The reality is that the true face of abortion is a mother, a mother of color, who is making a decision to save her family as much as it is to save herself most of the time. And it is a woman of color who is often struggling with um, you know, living day to day financially. And when you deny even one abortion, it can plunge an entire family and a piece of the community into poverty, into mental health problems, physical health, long-term problems, and also into situations of violence. Abortion, legal abortion, and access to abortion is absolutely critical in fighting domestic violence. And so we can't just you know, protect what we have, although absolutely we need to do that, but we also have to fulfill the promise of the laws that we have on the books, which is access on all islands. So I hope, you know, I can't speak for the Hawaii Abortion Collective. We haven't decided as a group our priorities, but my personal hope, I'd like to see the legislature make a financial investment um, where we get training and providers on all islands. You know, and just again, speaking broadly, you know, what do you think our viewers or those watching or those in the community can do to help in this breaking of the stigma of abortion that you speak of um, that is oftentimes rele relegated to one scenario. But when you look and you hear of the different examples that both of you have laid out of individuals and circumstances for this happening, uh, how can you know the everyday person really help to change that narrative? Uh, and, and what are you folks doing to help provide maybe resources for those individuals? Well, first, you know, the right wing says that abortion, you know, traumatizes women and harms mental health. They're correct, they're just missing one word and that word is abortion, uh, abortion stigma. Um, abortion sp stigma affects not just the person, you know, receiving the abortion, but also, you know, their partner and providers like Dr. Soon was talking about. And so I think that there are four things that viewers can do to really tackle the root of the problem, which is abortion stigma and social shame. And the first is at the individual level. You know, talk about your abortion or talk about abortion with family members. A report from um, a national think tank called Data for Progress just came out yesterday, and it found that support for abortion rights is significantly higher when the person knows someone who had an abortion. And like Dr. Soon said, everyone knows somebody who had an abortion. And so we win right there. 
right? If we're able to break the silence around um, our abortions. Um, the second thing is, you know, research shows that legislative action also decreases stigma. And so we need our legislature to be vocal and continue to pass laws to invest in access and protecting the rights that we have. Um, the third thing is, you know, we need organized systemic interventions like anti-stigma workshops for providers, you know, to alleviate some of the fear, um, to encourage folks to enter into ab abortion care, um, and also for people with a history, um, who have a history of getting an abortion. And I think the last thing that we can't ignore is we need to take on the institutions that are churning out stigma. I know it's something that maybe we don't want to talk about, but there are actual sources of the shame because people are preaching or teaching that abortion is wrong and it is sinful. Um, and we need to we need to go to the root of the of of the shame. You know, Dr. Soon, expanding on that, what do you wish people understood about this procedure? And you know, because this can be a very tough topic for people to talk about. Yeah, and and I and I and I get that. I I agree wholeheartedly with the things that Cara was saying. Um, I think in my over twenty years of providing abortion care in Hawaii. The stigma is truly the thing, the main thing that has hurt patients. Um, I wish everyone kept in mind two main things when it comes to abortion. The first is that it is incredibly safe. It is a safe procedure. An abortion, whether done by taking medication or done with a procedure that takes five to 10 minutes, like that is how simple it is. Um, it is, uh, you know, quicker than getting my cavity filled sometimes. Um, it's safer. Having an abortion is safer than carrying a pregnancy to full term and having a baby. In fact, abortion is 14 times safer than childbirth. So people who give birth have, they have more hemorrhages, more infections, more blood clots, strokes, heart attacks, way more people die from having babies than from having abortions. And people out there may be thinking, wow, I don't even know someone who's died from having a baby. And yeah, that's the point. The vast majority of people having babies, although not all, and that's probably a topic for another day, but the vast majority of people having babies are totally fine. And the vast majority of people having abortions are totally fine. Abortion is safe. The second thing, though, that I want to come back to is that one in four people have had an abortion. The people who come to me to have an abortion, they are our neighbors. They are our teachers, our students, our high school classmates. They are the people who work in the grocery store, the people who deliver our mail, our bankers. They are our doctors. They are our politicians. So we need to be talking about abortion more. Say abortion. It is not a bad word. It is not a bad decision. It's not bad people who choose abortion. It's just people, our neighbors, our ohana, doing the best that they can. So exercise compassion, not judgment. Spread aloha, not stigma. And Cara, just to wrap up here uh, as we wind on this conversation, any information that you can provide uh, for those watching who may be interested in, you know, the, the hand guide that you folks have put together, but also just information about what you guys are doing, maybe and in getting involved. Uh, how can people get connected? So you can sign up at www.hawaiiabortioncollective.com. That is like our home base. It's a safe space for you. It has a guide. It has a way to sign up and join into directly into what we're doing as uh, a coalition. Um, you know, it's really important that we join together and prevent these divisions, this divisive agenda from continuing to spread in Hawaii. You know, it's like, like Dr. Sun said, it's not a reflection of our values and we have to stop it. 
Okay. Cara Jabola Corollis and Dr. Rennie Soon, thank you so much for joining us on this very important issue. We really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Very interesting to hear their thoughts and the chilling effect that Dr. Soon is talking about and confusion even among Hawaii residents. Some worried that perhaps this procedure is now illegal. To be clear, it is not. Uh, the laws have not changed here in Hawaii, but there is uh, you know, a definite fear and some gray area when it comes to treating women in from other states who may come to Hawaii and a move perhaps to strengthen up some of the protections for providers, uh, not just, of course, the doctor who was providing the actual procedure, but the tech and the nurse and all the people along the way and the concern that that could, you know, have some of those folks decide, you know what, I don't want to participate. So definitely expect this issue to be brought up by the legislature uh, coming up in, you know, in the January. Uh, in the meantime, there's a lot more resources online thanks to that guide. Yeah, and you heard about how they've been able to come together to provide that information uh, but as Carl was saying, this is something that is important to get out there, but also to look for ways to solidify some of the laws that are currently in place. So, you know, the organization that she works with will be working with lawmakers to ensure that the laws are intact here and if not strengthened. Uh, and interesting to hear from Dr. Soon as well about some of those cases that have actually come to Hawaii. A lot of, uh, you know, when you think about it, maybe it could be a student that was going to school in Texas, but now is in Hawaii and receiving that type of care. But something that we could see more of over time, uh, but no doubt this has become such a polarizing issue in our nation and in our country and something that, as we uh, mentioned, has had impacts uh, during this election season it, with the midterms coming up. We'll see how this impacts the congressional makeup and if it has any significant impact here locally uh, because of just this one issue. Yeah, and I was very interested to hear what Dr. Soon had to say about just how common these procedures are, that abortion care, when she talks about that, not necessarily uh, just purely in terminating an unwanted pregnancy, which is how we sort of see this discussion, but really all of the other scenarios where this kind of medical care is necessary and that one in four uh, women have had this procedure in their lifetime to think about just how common that is. And really both of the, our guests this morning calling on folks to talk about this more their community and take away some of that stigma. On Monday, we are switching gears and we are having an ever popular guest with so many questions, Ryan. I started to write out a list of questions I have for our guest on Monday uh, and it was uh, too long for the page. <laughs> yeah, we, we should really have an hour with Mayor Rick Bangiardi <laughs> if we could, but we will be having it for our normal half an hour and try to get to as many topics as we possibly can. There are no doubt a lot of questions uh, that people have regarding a variety of topics, everything from the rail uh, to what's happening at the Department of Planning and Permitting. We also know that there are could be some potential changes on the city council with the, the election coming up, leadership within the council as well, the overall budget for the city. I mean, there is a long list of things. There no doubt will be uh, a lot of to talk about with him. We always enjoy the conversations with him, and we hope you'll join us right back here on Monday for another episode of Spotlight Hawaii. Have a great weekend. We'll see you then. Aloha. Aloha. This episode of Spotlight Hawaii is brought to you by Longstrugs.